Now it's time for Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf, the number one relationship advice radio show in the U.S. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ask Dr. Love. I'm Dr. Jamie Turndorf, and I'm happy to be with you again this week. So we're going to be talking today about how we all need to cultivate more gratitude and less attitude, and that's our key to lasting love. Did you know there's a decade of research proving the link between gratitude and relationship satisfaction? So I want you to stay with me so you can find out how to plump up your gratitude in your life to create a love that lasts a lifetime and beyond. And then later in the show, I'm going to get to your questions. The first one is, why doesn't my crush value me? And in this, I'm helping a man who is giving physical support to a woman he loves, but she disrespects and devalues him. And he wants to know what he can do to get her respect and appreciation. So stay with me for my surprising answer. The next question, strange situation, don't know what to do. And here I'm helping a man who's in love with his flatmate who runs hot and cold. And he's very distressed and sleepless and wants to know what to do. So stay with me to find out my recommendations for solving this problem. It's not going to be what you think. And also, we're going to get to Rebound Girl, and I'm helping out a young woman who's carrying a grudge against her boyfriend who was still attached to his ex when he started a relationship with her. So stay with me to find out the real reason why her grudge won't budge. If we have time, we'll get to depressed boyfriend and need answers before it's too late. And hopefully we'll get to do a reading between the sheets segment on a married lady who is guilty over her attraction to another man. And I'm going to help her decipher what her crush can tell her about how she feels about her main squeeze. All right. So on to today's show, gratitude and how it helps you to form and maintain happy relationships and how you can cultivate gratitude in yourself, your relationships, and your life. So in the secular world that most people live in, we tend to overlook the link between faith and spirituality and gratitude. And for those who were raised in faith, Heartfelt thanks and, and appreciation is an integral part of loving God. And if you're a friend to prayer, you know that prayer is an act of discipline in which you take time out to love God. The acronym ACTS sums up the elements of prayer. A for adoration, C for contrition, T for thanks, and S for supplication. So you can see why prayer is a practice that helps people cultivate a heart that's open and loving. But what if you extended this attitude of thankfulness? Let's say you are not spiritual or religious and you live in the secular life and you want to extend the attitude of thankfulness to all those who cross your path. So it is said that God lives in each of us. And when we shower others in love and gratitude, we are simultaneously worshiping God. So in other words, loving others is a prayer to God. When the eyes of your heart are open, your heart is transformed into an overflowing flowing well of gratitude. Gratitude for the sun that warms your skin, the silvery moon that lights your path, the chickadee who sings a love ballad just for you the silky breeze that caresses your cheek, the food that you are fortunate to eat, the crisp fall air that your lungs are capable of breathing, the shelter that keeps you warm and dry, and the people who surround you in their loving embrace. 
When your heart is open, it's easy to swim in a sea of gratitude. And as you share your gratitude, you are love in action. Up until recently, there wasn't much talk about gratitude. And then suddenly the concept has made its way into the mainstream circles because a decade of research has highlighted the numerous benefits of gratitude for physical and mental well-being. And in addition, a hefty gulp of gratitude helps couples form and maintain close relationships. There's research by uh, someone named Sarah, Sarah Algo and her colleagues who found that grateful couples are more satisfied in their relationships and feel closer to each other. And these gratitude researchers also found that the more grateful participants were in their studies, the more likely they were to still be in their relationships nine months later. So what does gratitude mean? We're all, to say, we're all taught to say thank you when someone holds a door for us, but is this gratitude or is this just a formula that we've memorized? When we talk about gratitude in relationships, we aren't just talking about the formulaic thanks we offer to a partner who takes out the trash or someone who holds the door for us. The true definition of gratitude includes appreciating not just what your partner does, but who your partner is as a person. And this extends also to friends, family, coworkers, right? You're not just thankful that the partner or anyone you love cleaned the dishes, knowing that you hate that. Sure. Gratitude means remembering to worship your partner's essence, which includes his or her best traits, and reaffirming why you chose your honey in the first place. The more grateful you are, the more you will want to keep your partner and the relationship. Now, it's human nature to want to hold on to whatever we covet or treasure. So think about it. If the item is really special, you will actually even guard it in a locked safe deposit box so that the item can never be taken away from you. Well, Think of gratitude as a safe deposit box for your relationship. And when you make it a point to share moments of gratitude by saying what you value in your partner or other person, you're letting that person know that he or she is precious to you. Thanks to emotional contagion, your feelings of gratitude will evoke a parallel response in the other person. Through this act of mutual worship, you both reaffirm that you recognize each other as a valuable person worth holding on to. And this is how you entrust your partner and your relationship in an emotional safe deposit box. Now, just I wanted to take a sec to talk about the link between gratitude and what I call a relationship work ethic. So a lot of studies show that on days when people feel more appreciative of their partners than normal, they also report increased feelings of commitment to their relationships. So it seems that feelings of gratitude are associated with a psychological motivation to maintain your relationship. Let me give you an example. There was a study that found that people reported being more thoughtful and responsive to their partner's needs on days when they felt more grateful for their partners. In another study, couples were brought into a lab to talk about important topics in their relationships. Participants who were more grateful for their partners were observed as being more caring and attentive listeners to their partners during these discussions. There's a lot of research that's shown that being a more thoughtful 
And attentive partner is key to promoting intimacy in relationships. And these findings suggest that gratitude might help people gain and maintain that intimacy. So think about it. When you feel motivated to maintain a relationship, you're naturally more willing to do the hard work that's necessary to keep the relationship thriving. And you're also more motivated to behave in ways that support rather than tear down your relationship. This means when you feel grateful, you'll naturally want to make the effort to be attentive, to listen, to work, to understand how the other person feels, to accept responsibility for mistakes you've made, and to modify your behaviors to be more responsive to the other person. So can you see the snowball effect that occurs? The better you treat each other, the more grateful you are to have found each other, which makes you even more motivated to behave in relationship supportive ways. So gratitude is contagious. The more gratitude you sow, the more you reap. That's like the Beatles song. And in the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make. Well, the same is true for gratitude. Have you ever noticed that when you're in a crummy mood, everybody you come in contact with seems to be grumpy too. And at home, when you're snappy, your partner snaps back at you. Well, the reverse is also true. Gratitude is infectious and promotes what's called a cycle of generosity. And that is one partner's gratitude can prompt both partners to think and act in ways that help them signal gratitude to each other and promote a desire to hold on to their relationships. When you recognize that you have a valuable partner and actively value your partner, you help your partner feel more valued. But get this, when your partner feels appreciated, you're creating a grateful partner. And obviously, we humans are drawn to people who value us. And as you can see, the ping pong process creates an ever-increasing cycle of gratitude in which both partners devote themselves to maintaining the gift that they have found in each other. And this is where the benefits of gratitude really grow exponentially because, as I said, grateful partners think and act in ways that help them hold on to the relationship. And then suddenly both partners are focused on maintaining the relationship and, interestingly, one powerful way that happy couples put gratitude in action is to actively listen to each other. Gratitude makes you want to give this gift to each other. And when you do, you signal a greater feeling of appreciation. Now, I wanted to take a sec to talk about misplaced gratitude. You want to be aware of the tendency that abused partners fall into in which they lick the boot of the person who assaults them emotionally or physically, offering all kinds of gratitude in the hopes of winning love. And this is a very self-damaging pattern that keeps the victim down and rewards the abuser, which only worsens the cycle. Now, let's take a sec to look at the bumps in the road. So even the best laid plans fail when we hit those inevitable potholes on the path of love. So when your relationship hits a bump in the road, when one of you is too tired or stressed or anxious and poops the bed, so to speak, in one way or another, gratitude can turn to attitude. Now, here's where real danger lies, because we all carry old scars with us into our relationships. These are the old scars from our deformative years, and that is not a joke. When our partners let us down, it's very easy for us to drown emotionally and to flood with bad feelings and then drown our partners in the emotional cesspool that we're in. 
And if this becomes a pattern, our relationships soon become polluted beyond repair. And here's how this happens. So I'll give you an example of a couple I worked with named Bob and Joan. So imagine they're dining in a restaurant. And this is a real story. He kept checking his watch and she just went off on him and she shouts at him. Well, if you can't wait to wait to get rid of me, fine, get the check and let's get the heck out of here. So why did she go so nuts? He was just checking the meter, right? Just checking his watch. Well, the reason she was going nuts is because her father never had time for her. So she assumed Bob couldn't wait to ditch her. And meanwhile, poor Bob was just checking his watch to make sure to feed the meter on time. And she's handing him this big emotional fine. He doesn't know what's going on. Joan, without knowing it, is suffering from what I call the emotional lake effect. So in a nutshell, our unconscious minds work by association. We're constantly comparing present day events with the wounds, the childhood traumas, the old scars that we suffered as kids. When our partners let us down, we unconsciously connect the current offense with a past hurt or hurts. And just like the actual lake effect in which a storm gathers strength when it picks up moisture as it crosses the Great Lakes, the psyche does a similar operation. When we're hurt, the mind dips into the reservoir of our unconscious and dredges up similar past hurts. And our own em internal emotional storm gathers force because we're actually reliving the pain over many, many previous similar hurts. And this explains why fireworks are going off inside of us over a relatively minor triggering event in the present. So you know you're suffering from the emotional lake effect when you find yourself drowning in intense emotions that you can't seem to shake. And the reason we can't shake the feelings is because the entire operation is happening on an unconscious level. So in other words, we're having feeling memories that are disconnected from the actual memories from when we were young. And you literally don't know what's hit you because it's all going on on the unconscious level. Making the conscious link to the original memories will lessen the current storm. So my point is, our old scars are instrumental in helping us to lose the gratitude. Because dumping your emotional storm on your partner is the opposite of gratitude. And obviously, when a person is on the receiving end of the emotional poop storm, that person feels less grateful toward you. When gratitude wanes, your partner will feel less loving and less grateful toward you, which makes him or her naturally want to pull away and give you less. In turn, your old scars will be ripped open even more. Your hurt and your anger will intensify. Your partner will feel less grateful. And now you're trapped in the downwardly spiraling negative cycle that drives most couples apart. So what can you do to derail this cycle? Well, if you've been listening to Ask Dr. Love for a while or reading my books or columns, you often hear me talking about why it's necessary for you to work together as a team to help each other heal your old scars. So if you want your relationship to survive and thrive, you need to work together to heal your old scars. And here's how it's done. First, you want to become conscious of your mutual old scars. Once you know your old scars, you both make a pact to help each other heal them. And then each time you're activated, you use my XY formula and calmly describe what happened. X is what happened. Y is how you felt about it. And you want to add what old scar was ripped open as a result of what just occurred. The key to healing is to not turn your cannons on your partner and instead turn your partner into your partner in healing. 
And as you discuss your old scar and your partner listens with love and empathy and vice versa, you're helping each other heal your old scars. And as you both support each other in healing your old scars, you're creating a state of gratitude rather than tearing it down. How can you not be overflowing with gratitude for your partner who's helping you heal your old scar? By holding you in love and giving you the patient listening ear that you lacked as a kid. Working together to heal is cultivating gratitude. The atmosphere of love and gratitude will further your healing efforts. Now, I fully explain how to use your relationship to heal your old scars in my book, Kiss Your Fights Goodbye. You can find Kiss Your Fights Goodbye at AskDrLove.com under the uh, products and services tab. It's there. As you heal the old scars, Hurt and anger will soon take a backstage so that love and gratitude can assume their proper place at front and center stage. So heal your old scars and practice the discipline of gratitude. Consciously bow down, take note, and give thanks for all your partner's wonderful traits and share your wonder with your partner. This is your formula for lasting love. So just as a little quickie for you, the word grace because gratitude and grace are very connected. Grace from the late 12th century, God's favor or help from the old French grace, pardon, divine grace, mercy, favor, thanks, elegance, virtue, also from the 12th century, from Latin gratia, favor, esteem, regard, pleasing quality, goodwill, gratitude, and that's from the Italian grazia, Spanish gracia, from gratis, pleasing, agreeable, from the root to favor. It even in Sanskrit, gnati, it's very similar, sing praises, announces, Lithuanian, jiryu, to praise, to celebrate. You see, it goes on and on. And um, in a classical sense, one of the three sister goddesses in Latin, gratiae, Greek cartis, Bestowers of Beauty and Charm. It's first recorded in English in 1579 in Spencer. And the short prayer that is said before or after a meal began in early 13th century until the 16th century, usually graces, has a sense of gratitude. Let me give you a couple of tweets. I love to come up with little rhymes to help drive home the message that I'm bringing you in the weekly show. The trick to having a relationship that sings is to be grateful for even the littlest things. A gratitude infection will, in, will prevent your partner's defection. If you want your relationship to thrive, remind your partner why you're glad he or she is alive. Gratitude is your relationship's safe deposit box, ensuring that your love will eternally rock. Acknowledge your partner's virtue and he or she will stick to you like glue. Say why you pulled your partner in high esteem rather than using your words to cream. Sing your partner's praises and your love won't go through such crappy phases. Try gratitude instead of attitude. Appreciate rather than denigrate. To end relationship strife, remind her why you're glad she's your wife. Delouse your relationship house by being grateful to your spouse. The more gratitude you sow, the more gratitude you reap. Remind your partner why he or she is a keeper and you will be a gratitude reaper. <laughs> I had fun with that. So 
<clears throat> let's take a little break and we're going to come back and talk about a very interesting study about how your sleep or lack thereof is linked to a gratitude defection. Be back with you in a moment on Ask Dr. Love. Are you a business looking to expand across the USA? Ask Dr. Love reaches millions of terrestrial radio listeners, offering you a unique opportunity to reach out to almost every adult listening group as everyone is concerned about their relationships. There is no other relationship advice show broadcast anywhere else in the USA. By advertising on Ask Dr. Love, your company can reach an audience that no other show touches. Visit AskDrLove.com and fill out the contact form to get in on this tremendous opportunity. Fill out the contact form at AskDrLove.com right now and get all the details. Will it be your company that gets to take advantage and grow your business? If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you were stationed or worked at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987, you probably have a lot of questions. We have some answers. You could be entitled to compensation. Billions of dollars are being allocated to pay for damages to anyone stationed at Camp Lejeune during that time. Unfortunately, it appears that officials may have known the contaminated water problem existed and did little to protect their men. The Semper Fi Code was not honored. If you or someone in your family has developed a serious illness, including various forms of cancer, call this Camp Lejeune legal support line right now. You can't turn back the clock and change what happened, but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number. Call 877-941-4731. That's 877-941-4731. Again, 877-941-4731. Imagine, this is your money, and someone wants to take it from you. Who is it? The IRS. Guess what? They want your money, and they can take it, all of it if they want. So what do you do? You fight back by letting our team of experts work it out with the IRS so you can keep your money. Call right now and learn for free how we can help you put it back in your pocket. Five minutes of your time can save you thousands of dollars. So please call right now. Want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call, because the best prices are not online. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner. Call today and get the best price on your next flight, guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first class tickets. You're listening to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf. If your heart is still hurting over the bodily loss of your loved one, the reason is simple. We're not meant to be separated from those we love, and reconnecting is the only way to end the grief. But reconnecting and staying connected requires guidance. As a gift to her listeners, Dr. Turndorf is offering a limited number of discounted grief relief sessions to help you reestablish a relationship with loved ones in spirit and resolve any unfinished issues. If you're ready to experience the healing and joy of reconnecting, visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to schedule your session. But don't wait. Space is limited. 
Visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to find out more. And now, back to Dr. Turndorf. Hello again, and welcome back to Ask Dr. Love. Dr. Jamie Turndorf here, and we're talking about gratitude, having more gratitude and less attitude, your key to lasting love. So, you know, over the life of a relationship, Partners can lose a sense of appreciation for each other. Holding on to a sense of gratitude for each other is one of the hallmarks of couples that stay content in their relationships over the course of many years. And on the other hand, loss of gratitude and appreciation between partners can jeopardize a relationship's long-term success. There's an interesting study that shows poor sleep may contribute to a lack of appreciation between romantic partners. Researchers at the UC Berkeley campus conducted a multi-part study to examine how sleep may affect people's feelings of gratitude and the ability to value and appreciate romantic partners. The study was presented recently at the annual conference of the Society for Personality and Social Psychology, and they included more than 60 heterosexual couples between the ages of 18 and 56. And they participated in three separate exercises designed to measure how sleep affects individual levels of gratitude and sense of appreciation between partners. After a night of sleep, people were asked to make a list of five things for which they were grateful. Those with poor sleep demonstrated less of a sense of appreciation than those with better sleep quality and sleep quantity. Participants were asked to keep a daily record for two weeks of both their sleep and their feelings of gratitude and lack thereof. And researchers identified a decline in levels of gratitude that was associated with poor sleep. People were more likely to report feelings of selfishness after a night of sleeping poorly. And the third section of the study looked specifically at how sleep affects the dynamic of gratitude and appreciation between couples. Their results showed that people tended to feel less appreciated by their partners if either they or their partner slept poorly. So the last finding is particularly interesting because a lack of sleep by one person in the relationship resulted in greater likelihood of diminished feelings of appreciation by both partners. And this suggests just how deeply sleep can influence the emotional dynamics of a relationship. Sleep can pose a number of challenges to relationships. Poor sleep can make for difficult sleeping conditions for couples. The tossing and turning of insomnia and the noisy disrupted sleep of snoring and sleep apnea don't just diminish the quality of sleep for the individuals with the disorder. They also rob partners of restful sleep. Night owls and larks who share a bed may also have difficulty marrying their sleep schedules. So if you're an early to bed, early to rise type, having a partner who likes to read or watch TV late into the night can interfere with your sleep. And these may be among the reasons why an increasing number of couples are choosing to sleep in separate beds. Research shows that as many as 25% of couples are sleeping separately. And this is a number that's been rising for years. The separate bed strategy may seem like an attractive option for couples struggling to sleep together well, but it's important to consider what might be lost in this choice. So I'm talking about the intimacy created by sharing a bed. And I'm not only talking about sexual intimacy, all that certainly a risk of sharing separate beds. At the very least, couples are much less likely to have spontaneous sex if they're not sleeping together. But I'm also talking about the sense of togetherness and emotional connection that comes from sleeping together. And what's more, sleeping together can actually reinforce good sleep habits. Partners who sleep together can be a positive influence when it comes to keeping reasonable bedtimes and not falling asleep to the television. And studies have shown that sleep apnea partners 
and patients who use CPAP therapy are 60% more likely to stick with the treatment if their partners continue to share their bed rather than sleeping separately. So the latest research makes sense given what we know about how sleep affects mood and outlook, as well as emotional and mental health. Poor quality sleep and insufficient sleep can negatively, negatively affect mood and judgment, making us cranky and less apt to greet the inevitable ups and downs of life with perspective and an even keel. And research shows that poor sleep increases the like, likelihood also of depression and anxiety, conditions that themselves can interfere with sleep. So it's not surprising that gratitude might diminish when we're short on sleep and that the people closest to us, our partners, might bear the brunt of this diminished sense of appreciation. So I'd like to see more studies like this, both for the specific knowledge and insights they provide us about the functions of sleep, but also for the way they highlight the very central role that sleep plays in the quality of our waking lives and the lives of those we love. So, you know, that old commercial, take some and next tonight and sleep safe and restful, sleep, sleep, sleep. You know that ad? I'm giving away my age. But really, you don't want to take Salmonex or sleep aids. You need more magnesium because the number one cause of low of, of insomnia is low magnesium. And beware of oral magnesium because oral magnesium tends to leave the body. At medicinal doses, it causes gastric disturbance and diarrhea. So you basically poop it out. So the workaround is to put it on your skin. It goes right into the bloodstream. And... Um, I uh, had a friend in New York, uh, a New York state trooper who hadn't slept for like 15 years, bad PTSD. And I gave him the transdermal magnesium and he slept for the first time through the night with um, putting the magnesium on. And the one that I recommend is the Electra, E-L-E-K-T-R-A, magnesium.com.au. That's Sandy Sanderson's magnesium. It's pure, it's potent. Uh, it's the best. It doesn't have all the fillers of even the most popular brands or the ones sold in the health food store. That's the one you want to get. And if you use the code Jamie, they'll give you a discount on your first order. I don't receive commissions. I don't, I'm not a distributor. I'm not an affiliate, affiliate, but I just recommend it so much that they do these discounts for my viewers and listeners. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, I'm going to get to your questions. Are you a business looking to expand across the USA? Ask Dr. Love reaches millions of terrestrial radio listeners, offering you a unique opportunity to reach out to almost every adult listening group as everyone is concerned about their relationships. There is no other relationship advice show broadcast anywhere else in the USA. By advertising on Ask Dr. Love, your company can reach an audience that no other show touches. Visit AskDrLove.com and fill out the contact form to get in on this tremendous opportunity. Fill out the contact form at AskDrLove.com right now and get all the details. Will it be your company that gets to take advantage and grow your business? If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you were stationed or worked at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987, you probably have a lot of questions. We have some answers. You could be entitled to compensation. Billions of dollars are being allocated to pay for damages to anyone stationed at Camp Lejeune during that time. Unfortunately, it appears that officials may have known the contaminated water problem existed and did little to protect their men. The Semper Fi Code was not honored. 
If you or someone in your family has developed a serious illness, including various forms of cancer, call this Camp Lejeune legal support line right now. You can't turn back the clock and change what happened, but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number. Call 877-941-4731. That's 877-941-4731. Again, 877-941-4731. Imagine, this is your money, and someone wants to take it from you. Who is it? The IRS. Guess what? They want your money, and they can take it. All of it if they want. So what do you do? You fight back by letting our team of experts work it out with the IRS so you can keep your money. Call right now and learn for free how we can help you put it back in your pocket. Five minutes of your time can save you thousands of dollars. So please call right now. Want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call because the best prices are not online. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner. Call today and get the best price on your next flight. Guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first class tickets. You're listening to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf. If your heart is still hurting over the bodily loss of your loved one, the reason is simple. We're not meant to be separated from those we love, and reconnecting is the only way to end the grief. But reconnecting and staying connected requires guidance. As a gift to her listeners, Dr. Turndorf is offering a limited number of discounted grief relief sessions to help you reestablish a relationship with loved ones in spirit and resolve any unfinished issues. If you're ready to experience the healing and joy of reconnecting, Visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to schedule your session. But don't wait. Space is limited. Visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to find out more. And now, back to Dr. Turndorf. Hello again and welcome back to Ask Dr. Love. I'm Dr. Jamie Turndorf and this is the time in the show where I get to connect with you and answer your questions. So the first question is entitled, Strange Situation, Don't Know What to Do. Sorry for the long sob story, really don't know what to say. Currently, I'm in uni residence. I have had the misfortune of being almost in love. Oh, I have the misfortune of being almost in love with one of my flatmates. She is a virgin, having never even had a relationship before. I have had a few, but have never caught feelings, unlike this time. She's also a very affectionate person. She will just randomly cling on to you, but she doesn't think much of it. She does this to everyone. We had some sort of relationship for about two weeks amidst her trying to understand her feelings and decide if she likes me. We didn't do very much sexually, and I ended up having to break it off because I was. it was clear she didn't have any relationshipy feelings for me, leaving me to do all the mental heavy lifting to the point where I couldn't take it. After that, we stayed friends, but she would still cling on to me, and mostly me, saying that she feels the most comfortable around me because, in short, we've basically had sex. After getting drunk one night, she basically started acting like a real girlfriend to me, really close to me, wanting to be with me, comforting look in her eyes. We got home, sobered up, and slept together. This time felt more real, though, like she actually really cared about me. 
After, though, she's gone slightly curt and is seemingly trying to distance herself from me emotionally and physically. My flatmates are constantly making jokes about it, but on a more serious note, they are starting to feel bad for us, me for being toyed with and her for not knowing what she feels. I really want a relationship with her. She has demonstrated clearly she can meet me halfway. It does feel like she likes me and could be with me, but mentally she's stopping herself or she's scared of something. I just don't know what to do. Is she just playing mind games with me? Am I just overthinking things? It's driving me insane how she emotionally comes and goes to the point it leaves me awake all night, almost in tears. Okay. Your torment really leaps from the page and my heart really goes out to you. I don't think she's intentionally playing you, but her internal conflict is causing her to run hot and cold, come in close and pull away. And of course, you on the receiving end of this behavior feel toyed with. What I hear is trauma. I sense that she is afraid to become close because she is terrified of being abandoned. And she likely grew up with an inconsistent parent who came close and then pulled away. This kind of parenting creates an anxious person who's afraid to get close to others for fear of being dropped again. And what we're seeing in her behavior is a preemptive strike in which she pulls away before you can abandon her. So there's only one avenue to take at this point. You have to get her talking about what's really going on. And I would talk to her directly and tell her that it seems she has mixed feelings about forming a relationship with you. Her push-pull behavior says to you that she has some kind of injury that's making her run scared. And I would ask her to talk about where she thinks her fear is coming from. Did her mother behave in a hot and cold way? Did one of her parents actually leave home? I would explain to her that the highest and most divine purpose of our intimate relationship is to relationships is to help each other heal our old scars from childhood. And these old scars always interfere with our ability to form and maintain healthy relationships. And I would tell her that you care about her and want to help her to heal. And the only way for her to heal is to form a relationship with someone who's not going to abandon her. And her job is to stick with you and not act on her fear by pulling away. Pulling away relieves the tension temporarily, but doesn't solve the problem. And what will solve the problem is to talk with you when the fear comes up, but not going to action by running away. And over time, talking with you each time her fear arises and feeling your loving arms holding her through the fear will repair her injury. And I would also remind her that pulling away will never fix her problem. She will be on this revolving door the rest of her life until she commits to healing the issue with the help of someone who truly cares and is willing to invest in her and the relationship with her. And one more point, I suspect that you have a similar injury and that you are so attracted to and attached to a partner who pulls away from you and so desperate to have her love you makes me think that you had a similar parent to hers. And I suspect that you were abandoned too. Your injury would lead you then to choose a partner like the parent who pulled away from you, hoping that this time around you will succeed in winning your parents' cons consistent love. Notice you said in your question, you never got infected before. I think that that was a very significant uh, malapropism or Freudian slip because I think you chose people in the past who you didn't have feelings for and you never got infected or got sick by being attached. Now you are attached and it's making you sick. 
and you you're the only time you've fallen in love is with someone who is like the parent who was unavailable to you. So what we have here is a chance for you to heal as well as she can heal if we help her to commit to not running away when she gets scared. And if she's not willing to commit to this healing plan that I have outlined, then you're going to have to step away and just grieve her because otherwise she's going to continue to re-injure you and tear off the scab of your abandonment wound. So I'm hoping she agrees to the plan to heal together and let me know what happens because I'm really rooting for you both. All right. Let's take a break. We'll be back. Are you a business looking to expand across the USA? Ask Dr. Love reaches millions of terrestrial radio listeners, offering you a unique opportunity to reach out to almost every adult listening group as everyone is concerned about their relationships. There is no other relationship advice show broadcast anywhere else in the USA. By advertising on Ask Dr. Love, your company can reach an audience that no other show touches. Visit AskDrLove.com and fill out the contact form to get in on this tremendous opportunity. Fill out the contact form at AskDrLove.com right now and get all the details. Will it be your company that gets to take advantage and grow your business? If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you were stationed or worked at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987, you probably have a lot of questions. We have some answers. You could be entitled to compensation. Billions of dollars are being allocated to pay for damages to anyone stationed at Camp Lejeune during that time. Unfortunately, it appears that officials may have known the contaminated water problem existed and did little to protect their men. The Semper Fi Code was not honored. If you or someone in your family has developed a serious illness, including various forms of cancer, call this Camp Lejeune legal support line right now. You can't turn back the clock and change what happened, but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number. Call 877-941-4731. That's 877-941-4731. Again, 877-941-4731. Imagine this is your money and someone wants to take it from you. Who is it? The IRS. Guess what? They want your money and they can take it, all of it if they want. So what do you do? You fight back by letting our team of experts work it out with the IRS so you can keep your money. Call right now and learn for free how we can help you put it back in your pocket. Five minutes of your time can save you thousands of dollars. So please call right now. Want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call, because the best prices are not online. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner. Call today and get the best price on your next flight, guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first-class tickets. You're listening to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf. If your heart is still hurting over the bodily loss of your loved one, the reason is simple. We're not meant to be separated from those we love. 
and reconnecting is the only way to end the grief. But reconnecting and staying connected requires guidance. As a gift to her listeners, Dr. Turndorf is offering a limited number of discounted grief relief sessions to help you reestablish a relationship with loved ones in spirit and resolve any unfinished issues. If you're ready to experience the healing and joy of reconnecting, visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to schedule your session. But don't wait. Space is limited. Visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to find out more. And now, back to Dr. Turndorf. Hello again and welcome back to Ask Dr. Love. I'm Dr. Jamie Turndorf. We're talking about why we need more gratitude and less attitude as our key to lasting love. This next question I'm going to answer is right up the topic alley of gratitude. This one's called, Why My Crush Doesn't Value Me. I've been with her for the last eight months and spend most of, my, most of my time with her to help her with her needs. I expressed to her that I like her, that I like her when in my initial days of our meeting. I guess you mean you like her as much as you did in the initial days of your meeting. She told me she doesn't have any feelings for me. She didn't stop me there, but took my help for her physical needs, like taking her out. I support her and encourage her and advise her and improve to improve herself. She doesn't care what I say and calls me if she needs anything. She takes me for granted. I am patient. I take her scolding. What can I do just what can I do for at least getting respect and value from her? She doesn't give the respect and value that she gives to her friends. Okay, so you are being abused by this person. Can you see that you are trapped in a revolving door? You're rewarding her love. You're rewarding her with love, attention, kindness, hoping to win her respect. And the more she mistreats you, the more you give. On the most superficial level, you have to realize that continuing to give to someone who dumps on you reinforces her bad behavior. So essentially, you're telling her, dump on me and I'll give you more good treatment. What you need to understand is why you are doing what you're doing. It's said that 95% of our actions are driven by unconscious motivations, and it's impossible to break free of actions that are unconsciously motivated. So first, I want to help you to realize what is motivating you to keep giving to this person who's dumping on you. So stay with me. All children who are abused believe that the abuse they suffer is their fault. And this is because all kids think they are the center of the universe. So whatever happens is because of them. If they are being abused by a parent, it's because they deserve the abuse. Kids are also driven by omnipotent, which means all-powerful, fantasies combined with magical thinking. This means that abused kids also believe that they have the magical power to fix their abusive parent. So abused kids generally try really hard to be good and giving and loving, magically believing that their efforts will cure the parent, enabling the parent to finally bring them the love and appreciation they crave. But when our efforts to fix the parent and win their love fail, when these efforts fail, we feel like failures. And instead of giving up, we try even harder. So this repetitive pattern, this repetition compulsion of trying to fix the damaged and abusive parent carries into adulthood. And we become involved with partners who are limited and damaged the way our parents were. And the fantasy is that we can 
if we can manage to fix our partners and they love and they love and respect us, we will feel as though we received the love and respect from our parents and our old scar will be healed. So it sounds good on paper, but it never works out the way we hope because our partners carry the same emotional problems as our parents did, which means our partners can't give us any more or any better treatment than our parents did. But the need to heal that old scar is so strong that we never want to stop trying to fix our partners. That would feel like giving up all hope of healing our original wound. So we stay in the ring and we keep giving, hoping that one day we're going to finally win the love and respect. So I hope you see now that you are trapped in a repetition compulsion and trying to get this woman to respect you is an unconscious attempt to fix the parent who abused and disrespected you. You're never going to win this woman's love and respect because she is damaged goods. She is abusive and incapable of loving another person. You will never heal, nor will you ever be respected by another person so long as you permit this woman to repeat the abuse you suffered as a kid. So in fact, every time you give to her and she abuses you, you are worsening your original old scar and making it that much harder for you to heal. So at this point, the love and respect that you need has to come from yourself. You have to heal this poor, abused child that lives inside you. Please read Kiss Your Fights Goodbye. It's at AskDrLove.com. Under the, under the products and services, you'll see this book. Kiss Your Fights Goodbye outlines how to identify and heal your old scars, the old scars that we all drag with us from childhood and repeat in our adult relationships. I wish you healing and I wish you love. When you heal this old scar, you're going to no longer be attracted to or willing to tolerate a person mistreating you the way she does. You will attract a partner who loves and respects you as you love and respect yourself. All right? So follow my orders and report back to base. Now, I would like to find my... I have so many questions and answers here. And when I don't get a chance to go over them on the show, they're still on the website. So I posted the answers there as well. This is the reading between the sheets question. Married lady who is guilty over her attraction to another man. Help me, please, Dr. Love. I'm so confused. I've been married for eight years this September 2nd. My husband and I have been together for 13 years. I have been with him since I was 13. He's the only man I've ever loved. But now I'm confused. Lately, there's been somebody else on my mind and it's not my husband. I feel so terribly guilty about it. I hate myself. I just don't know what it is I'm feeling. My husband and I have been through hell and back and I mean hell. Now our relationship marriage is the best it's ever been or so I thought and I have to go and feel this thing that I'm confused about. I met this guy two years ago as I was picking up my husband's dry cleaning. That same day, in the later part of the evening, we ran into each other again at a gas station. He shyly came up to me and says, is this fate that we run into each other two times in a day? Then please give me your name. I defensively showed him my wedding ring and told him, sorry, buddy, wrong fate. Two weeks later, as I was leaving my office building, I saw the car that he was driving and parked in the same parking lot. I thought to myself, impossible. But the next day, sure enough, I saw him get into the car. It scared me. I don't know why, but I made it a point that we wouldn't run into each other by parking on the other parking lot across the way. Well, as fate would have it, a week after he saw me and he was as shocked as I was to learn that we actually worked in the same building and never ran into each other until now. So I got to cut to the chase and I've got to um, see here. She, I don't understand what love is anymore. Why is there so much pain that comes along with it? Am I in love with this other man? Um, 
And also you said that you found out your husband had an affair. Ouch, how it hurt me. Not only because it's the third time since we've been married that he's been unfaithful, but because he's weak, he weakened the temptation, weakened to temptation once again, while here I was ignoring my strong feelings for this other man. Okay, I get it. So you're beating yourself to a bloody pulp because you have desire for another man, but you seem to forget that you haven't acted on your desires. You've done nothing wrong. You never cheated on your mate, but still you crucify yourself. And I think think you need to bone up on the difference between feeling and acting, right? Because humans are filled with all sorts of irrational and uncontrollable thoughts and feelings and fantasies. And if we subject these thoughts to reason or attempt to extinguish them, we go literally nuts. So for goodness sakes, sake, recognize the universal and essential function of feeling all your feelings and don't indict yourself. You're on the right track when you say you do need to understand. And this is where your en energy needs to be placed, not on blaming yourself. Because whenever a married or a committed person has strong feelings for someone else, your mind is telling you something vital that needs to be decoded. What is this crush telling you regarding how you feel about your main squeeze? So as a first clue, you mentioned that in passing that your husband has had three affairs during your marriage. And I couldn't help but observe that you were rather cool when you presented that fact. But I've seen how passionate your feelings are. And I can't help but wonder why you sound so cool around your husband's infidelities. And is it possible that you are suffering such strong feelings of hurt and anger that you've buried those feelings alive in order to cope, right? And um, you say you've grieved over your mate's betrayals, but I'm not so sure. And I'm wondering if um, this crush performs a vital and life-saving function for you, that your mind allows you to succumb to the other man in an effort to wipe out the pain and anger over your husband's betrayals. So figure out what you hope to gain by having a relationship with the other guy. Do you see him as a person that you can trust more than your hubby? Does your mind believe that if you had an affair, it would ease the hurt over or punish your husband for what he did to you? So you have to just understand more about what the fantasy and the wish to have an affair is about. I'm not saying to have the affair. You understand? Okay. Um, we're coming into the week of Thanksgiving. Have gratitude for all the people in your life who love you, even those in spirit, set a place at the Thanksgiving table for your loved ones. Be grateful for all those who love you and experience all the gratitude back. I'll see you next time on Ask Dr. You've been listening to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf. Sign up for Dr. Jamie's newsletter at askdrlove.com and receive her meditation audio that will guide you to open your heart and chill out during these stressful times. Thank you.